this kid, this kid Buddha. Oh my gosh. I like big Buddhas and I cannot lie. I like big Buddhas and I cannot lie. All the other teams can't deny. When he gets the ball on the wing and he's running down the wing, the defenses are terrified. <laughs> Bay Area, stand up and let's be heard. This summit has been created by the people for the people. No more This is everything and anything San Jose Earthquake related. This is Aftershock. Vamos San Jose. Well, it's official, everyone. We have reached the end of the Matias Almeida era. His final game for the San Jose Earthquakes was this last Saturday versus Nashville FC. And, you know, in typical Matias fashion, he threw another surprise in there as Nothing was in the starting lineup. Nothing wasn't even supposed to begin training until the 26th of this month. And he ends up playing in the game two weeks early and he plays the full 90. That is crazy. Just about as crazy as this 10 year was with under Matias Almeida. You saw so many highs and a lot of lows. And I think a lot of people are blaming him, but you act as if there were highs there before. We were a team that was struggling. He was brought in to try and help us, and he wasn't backed financially. And he's receiving the entire blame of it. And when we play well, it's just who we are. He never got any credit for it. Now, that's part of the job as a coach sometimes, or at least that's what they say. But it's very rough for him. And you could even see it in this video or this video over here, wherever I decide to put it. Fans harassing him mid-game. He wants to leave, and it seemed like he wanted to leave for a while, and he was trying to hold on, and he just had it, and he left. There were even rumors before the game, actually, and they were proven, that scouts were there to watch him for both the Chile national team and the Chivas national team. The scouts were actually spotted by fans. That is really crazy. Before we even dive into the game, we can continue talking about Matias because I feel like it's what everyone really wants to know about. Well, let's start as right as the game ended. You can go out behind, if you didn't know, to the back section, and you can say hey to the players after. It usually takes about 15, 30 minutes. They need to shower, have their post-game talk. Some of them go to the post-game interview. Except that didn't happen on Saturday. Nearly two hours after the game, not a single player, staff member, or now ex-coach were seen in either the press conference around the stadium no one had gone into their cars. There's only two, maybe three places you can exit, but all their cars are right in front of there. We would have seen at least one leave. Nothing. This was what seemingly was because of Matias's goodbye. We don't know if it was because it was a heated argument in there, if he was just saying goodbye to everyone. We don't know what it is, but two hours later, the first players start to begin to roll through, and eventually some of the players even go to the press conference. Nothing was scheduled for the press conference. He decided, never mind. So we got Tommy Thompson and Jeremy Obobese instead. Now, after talking to some of the players after the game and a lot of fans telling us, Matias is going to be the coach, Matias is going to be coach, a lot of the players just ignored it. Now, there was one player, and I'll keep him nameless, who said, yeah, I don't really know. And he seemed really annoyed by it, but not by the question, more so the situation. And it seemed like he really didn't know, or he kind of did, but he didn't want to officially announce it in case there was something that had changed. Rumors were that some of the fans found out early on that the front office was going to go and talk to Matias Almeida and try and get that Chivas deal sorted. And that's what was happening in the front office. You could even see it from the stands that that front office building was full. So I like to believe that it was his whole staff in there because that room usually has a couple after the game, but you could see the whole room is full of people. Matias brought culture and he brought some fun to the games. He really gave us a system for a little bit. This last year, I didn't really see too much of it. We got moments like the MLS is back tournament. We got 
fans and players that absolutely bought into the system and loved him. He brought in guys that already were part of it, but even the guys here, they loved it. And I thank him for that. I wish him the best moving forward, and I hope he can do the best he can. Now it is rumored that Alex Colvo, I believe is how you pronounce it, the Quakes 2 coach, will be brought up, and Chris Wondolowski will be the assistant coach. Wando's been working on some of his coaching batches, from what I've heard, so he's not good, he's not, ha- not good enough. He doesn't have the rankings yet to be a head coach, but he can be on the touchline as assistant. And Colvo's record of 1-0-2, or 1-2-0, one win, two losses, zero ties has brought him into the MLS as an interim coach while they proceed to look for a full-time coach. This is a little frustrating. If you knew Matias was leaving, you're trying to work something out. Why were you not already looking for a coach having something lined up? I guess it's a little hard in this time of the year, but it's, it's going to be tough. I, I, I don't want to say, let's just throw away the season, but I think that's what's going to happen. I think we keep Colville for the rest of the year, unless we find this golden prodigy. And then we use the rest of this season as a preseason for next season. Unless Alex can somehow get us to the playoffs, but we'll see. And what I want to see from our new coach, some of that's not looking at him, him and him saying, oh, we need more here. We need more here. We need more here. Yes, I agree. We need to stir up the back line a little bit more. It's been a big complaint of mine, actually, that we don't have enough depth back there. But look at our U17 program. It's one of the top in the nation. It has six national team players going to the u.s men's national team we have some good players jpo's starting to click montero is great gray goose is leading the league in assist we have these players we know we can do what we can do and we know we can do a lot better than what we're doing so i want someone that's going to come down and be like look i have a five-year plan you have the all these young players and a couple aging out we bring in a few here and here but this is we have a core already we don't need to sell house Let's build this program. This first year, we're going to work on this and this. So by second or third year, we'll be making or contending for playoffs. Third, fourth, fifth year, we're for sure in there. And by four or five, we're contending for the win of MLS Cup. And if not, we're going to have a system and play for the next few years after that. Resign me. That's what I want to see from a coach. I'm tired of these one or two. Yeah, yeah, I'll throw them in. Oh, yeah, throw them in. Oh, yeah. If, if we want to be looked at seriously as a club, we have to become this development program. We have all these great pieces in play. It looks like Chris Leach and a lot of other people have been doing stuff behind the scenes for years now. Let's build it to the first team because you got to have good product top to bottom and you got to be developing someone that actually goes out. Yes, Cades look great. Yes, Nico looks great. Yes, Buddha looks great. But we need to actually do something with it and not regress with it. You could say what you want about Cade, whether he's gotten better, he's got worse. I think this last few games, especially this last one, he's been great. But you could argue he regressed after the All-Star break last year, and he hasn't proven much. He has a lot of raw talent, but it hasn't gone anywhere yet. We have to build that. We have to do like an Alfonso Davies, like a Daryl DK, like all these other guys. Ricardo Pepe, I know he's fallen off the face of the earth, but we need to sell them. If that's what we're looking to do, if we're looking to be just an MLS team, let's do that. Let's build like I was saying, and then maybe one or the other happens. If we're just here for John Fisher to earn more money, say it to our face. Now back to the game versus Nashville. I think having Nothan in the lineup was a serious help. You could really just see immediately we had more insurance back there and his driving runs forward. They were fun and brought the stadium to life. However, I could tell he's still injured a bit. You could see he doesn't trust the knee fully. This is at least what I'm reading. Look back at the first goal where he sort of like starts to go one way and when he tries to spring for the other, his legs just give out from underneath him and they break through the middle. I have a feeling that has something to do with his legs and he doesn't seem like he was going in for as many sliding challenges. Again, could be something with the knee. 
Now, if he came back this early, he's got to be good, but he also seems like the type of guy to fight through it. And I'm worried that in three games, it's going to be done again. And we're going to have to rest him. And it's a whole mess with the new coaching system. They're going to have to figure everything out. But I, I loved having Nothan back, and it's great to see him on the pitch again. One thing I'm noticing is that during early in the games, Paul Marie does a great job of getting forward and really getting into the box and creating chances. Now, holds on to the ball sometimes too long, doesn't shoot or pass. But I don't know what happens is around the 20th, 30th minute goes. You don't see as much. And I get that's the game developing and he's doing defensive responsibilities. I like that, but he just you don't see him anymore in the halves. But he goes a little bit up, but not all the way. And then you see him trying to track back on defense and not quite be there. So that's something I've been picking up on, and I'm going to start watching a little bit more. Paul Maurice positioning, but he does a great job to start the game with intensity. You have to give shout-out to Jackson Yule. I was one of the ones to critique him versus the Austin game as he wasn't learning from his mistakes, and he wasn't really slotting into that back position when a center back or right back would go forward. He wouldn't insert himself into the back line. And this game, he learned from that mistake, and he did it every single time. If you rewatch the first opening minutes, anytime anyone was a little opposition or went up, Jackson was already in the back line covering from them. Absolutely love to see that from the captain. And it's great to see he's watching film and learning from his game. Today was the official first day of why we call him King Jabo, or at least why it's been proven to San Jose Earthquakes fans. He was absolutely incredible. I was saying to give him half a chance and he'll do something with it. We're giving him half chances and he's doing something. The free kick was great. Scramble in the box is great. But it also, the best part of it all is it seems like he's connected with the team now. I remember in games where it was like I was saying it was 10 versus 11 plus an extra J-Bo running around. He seems connected. His runs are making sense with the team. He's going around. Sometimes he goes a little too back post for me. I'd like him to make a near post dummy run for someone, but obviously it's working. Now we just can't cross the ball constantly into him. That's why I really loved about Buddha. And that's what I loved about Cade in this game. They were attacking direct. They were going through the center. They were challenging players. They were taking them on and they were going through the middle and it found J-Bo. It found chances. It created opportunities to suck in the defense and then open up other players. It was exciting. It wasn't just, oh, now we're building. Now we're going, wait, we're going out wide. Why are we going out wide? Okay, maybe there was something there. We're just swinging it back around. Oh, wow. No, he's hitting it in for a 1v5. And yep, and counterattack. Transition defense is in there. Boom, goal. Can't just keep crossing it in. Change up the attack. I like it every once in a while. Obviously, it works for us. It's an easy opportunity for us. But I want to see Espinosa darting in through the runs like he did earlier when he first signed him as a DP. Don't just play him because he's just a DP and just throw him out wide and send him down the line. Ah, man, it's it's frustrating because it's just we've seen we've seen the very few times we have played a negative ball or attacked it through the center. We've scored or we've created very dangerous opportunities that have led to corners and then we've scored. It's also talk, frustrating talking about tactics because I don't know what's going to be happening now. A lot of fans said that in the first game uh, for Alex Colville, he had them playing great, a lot of passing, and then just it fell apart the last two games. So I don't know what these tactics are going to look like. I love having Wando back on the bench. That's something I've been advocating. I want him at least in the training room, it, whether it's a presence. Maybe he wants to step away from it and allow other players to grow, which I, I can respect, but at least be in the training ground, teaching the strikers positioning and being there. I love that as an assistant coach. You want to have, at least on your staff, you want to have someone that has some type of playing experience, especially at a high level. And Wando's done it. He's been there around with the best of the league. So I have two photos up here. One is, uh, which will be labeled one, is a play earlier I saw in the game that's a long throw. And two is their second goal, which came from a long throw on the opposite side. 
I was trying to figure out what happened and I think I kind of dove into it enough to see. Obviously the big thing was Paul Marie went from right back to left wing to cover someone. But as you can see in the second one, the guy who's marking that first near throw is young or sorry. In the, yes. on the second one is young gray goosh versus in the first one, which is Christian Espinoza. But if you look in the second one, Cade Cowell's also there. So in the first play where we defended and had the number advantage, we had our winger market. Now we had our center mid there, and then we also had a winger. So that's two players there. And then we had a third who was supposed to be marking the back post walk all the way up. So that's three players there, and Mukhtar was left wide open. Everyone else seemingly was in the same positions. And I think that's what really left it there. I don't know where the miscommunication was. I saw players yelling, and someone yelled, Paul, Paul, Paul. I think that's yours. It was either that or Grey Goosh, and then Paul went to go mark his guy because it was Matias's Superman marking system. But everyone else was kind of in a zonal, so that's what confuses me on this. I, I just I don't know how you don't cover the back post first and inside the box first. It was it was it was a real breakdown and a real letdown for us to concede such an easy goal yet again. I feel like we always have one or two mistakes, and JT's able to save a few of them but one or two that really are capitalized and they uh, give credit to the other teams. They capitalize on their chances and we need to start capitalizing our chances more. And we need to start giving J-Bo more chances. We he's tied for top scorer for a reason. Give him some serious chances. He's not the paciest. So don't just send him long ball, get him some good looks in the box, play that negative ball to him. He's, he's got a great shot. He's brought great positioning. And also run off of him. If he's making a far post run, go near post for him. Open up for him. If he's going near post, go far post for him. It, I, I, I hope these tactics are involved with our new coach. And I hope we have a very simple system of play that isn't cross it into the box. Please, please, please get rid of the send it down the wing and just cross it in and pray. It hasn't worked the last three years. Cal and Buddha were the two best players for me as far as attacking and going to the third. Just because I'm so frustrated I, do I actually think they're the best two of the game? Maybe not, but Cal was the most explosive, and I feel like offensively, I was seeing a lot from him directly. I think Montero was doing a big part of that, and he was he doesn't get much credit, and I think, honestly, Yule and Gregoosh were helping with that, but I just want to give credit to Cal because it bugs me so much that when we're in the final third, we don't attack. He went directly. Maybe he held on to it too long sometimes, but I like he's going for it. Whew. This kid, this kid Buddha. Oh, my gosh. I like big Buddhas, and I cannot lie. This kid is absolutely incredible with what he's doing. It is unreal what he is doing. He's attacking. I love it. Let's get him some more game time. I think he's earned it. It's just, I, I don't have, I want to see him shoot some more because his the way he brings players in and he's able to release it without holding on for too long. I absolutely love it. I want to see the kid shine because he is a bright star. Uh, on a side note, if anyone's wondering what Jabo wears around his neck, as you can see recently, he's been sponsored by Concussion. Uh, company and I got to talk to him after the game and he was the nicest guy he was really talking about it in the detail for me and I just I wasn't smart enough to remember but pretty much the gist of it is it squeezes the neck a little bit gets a little bit more blood flowing to keep it warm as well and that blood will go to the brain which creates uh, more blood expands and then that will create more room for concussions that's kind of the gist I was getting it from him uh, don't quote me exactly exactly I want to give another shout out to Jabo for keeping it real and if you're a kid at home, please cover your ears. But after the game, he said, and then we got to get it done. I'm probably going to believe that. Let's get that effing done. He said the word. He didn't care. He was keeping it straight. And then after the 
game. He was he. I love Javo, man. He really won me over this game. He had the Orlando game on his phone. He just loves soccer, and you can tell. And then he was just keeping it real with everyone. He's like, look, we're not like we haven't been here before. We'll do it. Look, it's tough. We need to start figuring out wins. He, he wasn't beating around the bush, which I appreciate. And you can see the frustration. He wants to win. And I want Jabo on the squad. Please already sign him to a new contract. Thank you, Jabo. Other bit of news on the squad. It seems nothing is healthy, but uh, Shea Salinas has returned to Quakes 2, where he got the final 20 minutes. I think he's slowly trying to come back, which I like. Don't rush him in immediately. Let's let's keep him there for a few weeks, and then maybe we can see him in a month or two. And then other players we haven't seen. It seems Chofis is limping less. I've seen him after the game. It's probably going to be a still another few weeks without him. I think the Montero situation is working. And that's going to be interesting to see when he comes back, how we're going to integrate all of that. I talked to some of the players about Tuesday's game. It seems Emi Ochoa will be on the squad with Matt Bersano. They'll be fighting over who's there. Me personally, I think Matt Bersano should play. Emmy's been getting time with Quakes too. He didn't play last Saturday, so he could be available for the squad on Tuesday, I believe. Let's give Matt a run. Let's just give him a run. Just let him play some games. Uh, Skane said he doesn't know if he's going to be playing. Richmond said probably. Uh, Nico said probably. Buddha said maybe. So uh, I think I just said Richmond. He said maybe. I want to see some of these guys that aren't playing. Let's get Askren in there as well. He's also said probably maybe. He doesn't know yet. <laughs> Obviously, none of them know with the coaching situation. Um, so we're going to have to figure all of that out. But I don't want to go in there and try and destroy the game with our top team. Yes, I think it'd be cool because I think that's our only chance of really winning something this year. But honestly, I wouldn't even be mad at Bay City go through. I have a friend on the team. Shout out Tony Jimenez and shout out the camera guy Julio Lopez. I'm friends with both of them. So that'd be cool to see them go through. But of course I want the Quakes to win. But let's play the young kids that aren't playing. Let's play the guys that just aren't playing. Maybe that aren't young. Give them a run. See where we can get some more help. Try out. This is a great game to try out tactics with the B team and not just crossing it in. This is a lower level team, not by one, but two divisions, probably even more if I'm going to be completely honest, a team that's struggling in their own league right now. Let's please try and play direct. Let's try and go through and don't just be like, oh, we're better than them. We're going to be able to walk through. No, take it seriously and play the guys that aren't playing. Let them earn some spots and let's try some tactics. This is your first game in charge. You've only had one day to train with them, but let's just go out there and try and win with a fun style of play, not just crossing it in. Our first fan question comes from Michael B. Pastor. Assuming Almeida leaves, does Chofi stay? Uh, I'm gonna be honest, I think it's been written in the stars since the beginning. I think Chofi loves the city, he really loved the coach. I think he wants to be here. I think he wants to play for us. But I don't think John Fisher's willing to put out that money for him, especially if Montero's performing and I think that's what he's really liking knowing that he doesn't have to spend all that money on him and then he can blame it on someone else like he does. Ivan Lara 408 then asks, who's the best candidate to take Almeida's job? Man, I think right now I think pulling up the Quakes 2 coach makes the most sense. Sadly, I know it's there's a few options. We might have to throw away the season already because I just don't think we're going to be able to build anything. Maybe we can salvage it a little bit, make it a little bit fun and build for the future. I think because I don't think we should bring in a coach now and then just hope he's going to be good for the rest of the year. I think it needs to be an interim coach and they really need to look and find a coach and they really should have been doing this already as a backup just because we didn't know Matias's future. Someone that's going to look at our youth system and look that we do have the players. I don't need us selling a bunch of players. I 
please don't pick a coach who says, I like some of these guys, but let's bring some other. No, we have pieces right now. Find someone that's willing to build in two, three, five years and has a progress program that's going to do something for us. For now, it's going to have to be the Quakes 2 coach. And then hopefully in the summer, they start and towards playoffs that we're probably not going to make. They have someone lined up for us. And maybe we get them for the end of the season and we can start using that as an early preseason. Uh -huh.